Chapter 22 of Countess Erika's Apprenticeship. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Vinay Mala. Countess Erika's Apprenticeship by Osip Shubin. Translated by Annie Sleevister. Chapter 22. Erika was sitting by the window in her boudoir. Although outside the night had not yet fallen upon the earth, it was too dark to read. Her window looked out upon the hotel garden, which at this season of the year was like one huge bed of roses intersected by a narrow gravel path. The sweet breath of the roses was wafted in at the window, but with it there mingled always the sickening odour of the lagoon. A couple of distant clocks were striking the hour, and the water was lapping the feet of the old palaces. Lost in thought, the girl sat there. The mission in life for which she had so yearned was revealed to her in the noblest, most attractive form. She could not doubt that Lozency loved her. Mistrustful as she usually was concerning the sentiments she was wont to arouse, there could be no uncertainty in this case. The future lay before her bright and alluring. How could she have despaired in this wonderful life of ours? She seemed to have always known that she was foreordained for some special service. Why had he never yet made a direct confession of his sentiments? Her pride replied to this question. He dared not venture. It was for her to take one step to meet him. Reserved as she was, the mere thought of so doing sent the blood to her cheeks. But she took herself sternly to task, admonishing herself that cowardice on her part would be partly in the extreme. It would surely be possible to allow him to read her heart without any indelicate frankness on her part. Thus far her thoughts had led her when Marian brought her a card, her for Lozency. Did you tell him I was at home? No, I said I would see. When Her Excellency is away, I never say anything decided, replied the maid. The old countess had gone out a little while before to pay a short visit in the neighborhood. Ludek had accompanied her. Erika hesitated a moment, then turned up the electric light and told Marian to show in the visitor. Immediately afterwards, he entered and she arose to receive him. She was startled as she looked at his face. It was so pale and wan. Are you ill? she exclaimed. Or have you come to tell us of some misfortune that has befallen you? The sympathy expressed in her tone agitated him still further. Neither is the case, he replied, trying to assume an easy air. I came only to... There he paused. Why had he come? The thought that she might entertain a warmer sentiment for him, a thought that had occurred to him today for the first time, would not be banished. He had dragged the sweet tracking uncertainty about with him for an hour through the loneliest streets of Venus without being able to rid himself of it. He would see her, would have certainty. And then, ah, he could not gain that certainty. He could only long for her. He had invented some explanation of his visit, but he could not remember it. Instead, he said, 
you are very kind to receive me in countess landoff's absence and i will show my appreciation of your kindness by making my visit a short one on the contrary she rejoined i hope you will spend the evening with us my grandmother will be here in a few minutes and will be very glad to find you here how soft and sweet her voice was could it be could it be his agitation became almost intolerable he knew that he ought not to stay but he could not bring himself to leave the evening minstrels of venus were beginning their rounds and in the distance they sang ioson felic ta attendo in sile bring your present expression to the studio tomorrow lozonsi said hoarsely i will transfer it to the canvas as well as i can in memory of the noblest creature i have ever met you are coming tomorrow certainly the portrait is almost finished is it not yes i think tomorrow will be the last sitting and then and then she repeated then it will all be over there was a pause he turned his head aside suddenly a low sweet voice that went directly to his heart said softly then you will wish to know nothing more of me he started as if from an electric shock the room swam before his eyes when the door opened the countess mulberg appeared and lozensi arose to take leave thanking heaven for this unexpected interruption will you not wait until my grandmother returns erica asked unfortunately it is impossible adieu then tomorrow at 11 she called after him he made no reply it lightened and thundered all through the night but scarcely a drop of rain fell the air the next morning was as sultry as it had been on the previous day when erica with her grandmother entered lozensi's garden punctually at 11 o'clock everything there looked withered and drooping lozensi himself was pale his motions had lost their wonted elasticity and his face was grave when the old countess asked him if he were ill he ascribed his condition to the sirocco erica noticed that there were no fresh flowers in the studio he had taken no pains to decorate it for his guests and she was conscious of a foreboding of misfortune i must subject you to some fatigue today i fear that the picture may at last be finished he said speaking very quickly you must have patience this last time i should not like to give you a picture that was not as good as i knew how to make it you have already bestowed too much of your valuable time upon the countess erica the old countess said kindly indeed do you think so he murmured with a bitterness he had never displayed before do you think we artists should not be allowed to devote so much time to enjoyment tis true he added in an undertone that we have to pay for it erica looked at him in startled wonder his words were perfectly incomprehensible to her but the expression of his pale face was one of such anguish that her compassion always too easily aroused increased momentarily as usual she repaired to the adjoining room to change her dress with lucrezia's assistance when she returned to the studio lozensi was standing with his back to the chimney piece his hands in the pockets of his jacket 
while her grandmother sitting opposite him in her favorite chair was asking him what is the matter with you lucency have you lost money in the stock market he shook his head no he said trying to answer the question in the same jesting tone as that in which it had been asked then what is wrong confide in me he cleared his throat in fact i he began then perceiving erica ah ready so soon he cried let us go to work she could not find the pose immediately he was obliged to move her right arm his hand was as hot as if burning with fever and he had scarcely touched the girl's arm with it when he withdrew it hastily he went to the easel gazed long and with half closed eyes at his model then turned and began to paint usually there was a constant flow of conversation between erica and himself today he spoke not a word perfect silence reigned in the studio the turning of the leaves of the novel which the old countess was reading and the twittering of the birds in the garden outside were audible one could even hear now and then the sweep of the brush upon the canvas thus an hour passed then stepping back a few paces from the picture he fixed his eyes upon erica and added a few touches with his brush and looked from her to the portrait look at it yourself he said with the hard emphasis on each syllable so far as i can finish it it is done i cannot improve it both ladies went and stood before it i do not know whether it is like said erica but it certainly is a masterpiece it is magnificent exclaimed her grandmother you have flattered the child and have done it most delicately oh namedaspi flattered he cried hardly i have tried to produce the expression which not everyone can see in the face that is the only merit of my poor performance otherwise it is a daub i have never seemed to myself so poor a painter as when at work upon this picture as he spoke he tossed the entire sheaf of brushes which he held in his hand into the chimney place what are you about exclaimed the old countess you are in a very odd mood today oh the brushes were worn out he replied i could not have painted another picture with them the blood mounted to erica's cheek with gratification she understood him his agitation and sorrow did not disquiet her now so convinced was she that it was in her power to dispel them by a single word you must leave the picture with me for a time when it is dry i will varnish it and send it to you i must ask you however to what address i hope we shall still continue to see you the old countess replied i assure you that i entertain a sincere friendship for you the visits to your studio although my part in them has been a secondary one have come to be a pleasant habit which i shall find it hard to discontinue we shall always be glad to welcome you wherever we are erica meanwhile had approached the painter i do not know how to thank you she said i have done nothing for which thanks are due he rejoined the thanks should come from me all i ask of you is to bestow a thought now and then upon the poor painter who has enjoyed the sight of you for so long no there is one thing more you will allow me to make a copy of the picture for myself the grandmother interposed 
go change your dress erika and lozenzi asked will you take your portmanteau with you or shall i send it to you erika went into the next room hurriedly impatiently she took off the white gown and put on her street dress stuff everything into the portmanteau she ordered lucrezia slipping a gold coin into the servant's hand she was in a strange mood she felt her heart throb up in her throat shall i have one moment in which to speak to him alone she asked herself ready you have been quick her grandmother said when she re-entered the studio have you summoned our gondola lozenzi yes countess i wonder it is not here meanwhile i must cut the roses in my garden for you i cannot tell for whom they will bloom when you come no longer he went out into the garden for one moment erika hesitated then she followed him the skies were one uniform gray every branch and blossom drooped wearily the roses which lozenzi tried to cut for erika fell to pieces beneath his touch strewing the earth with pink and white petals lozenzi did not look around but cut unmercifully with a large pair of garden scissors before he knew it erika stood beside him i may be overbold she half whispered lightly touching his arm but i cannot help feeling that i have a right to know your troubles is anything distressing you he looked at her and tried to smile to say farewell distresses me countess as you must be aware she was overpowered by timidity but her compassion gave her courage she collected herself they must understand each other if to say farewell really distresses you i i cannot see why it should be said she whispered the tears stood in her eyes and he he was ashy pale and the roses dropped from his hands at this moment the bell rang loudly and a woman's voice asked in french with a strong prussian accent does the artist paul lozenzi live here erika was startled where had she heard that voice before out into the drooping garden came a tall well-formed woman with regular features fair slightly robed every fold of her dress every curl of her fair hair yes even the perfume which breathed about her betraying her cult of physical perfection a scarlet veil was drawn tightly about her face otherwise her dress was simple and becoming erika recognized her instantly and guessed the truth for a moment the garden swam before her eyes she was afraid she should fall meanwhile the newcomer laid a very shapely and well gloved hand upon the artist's arm and cried in supis a mobibi tu noti ato dea padi no he replied sharply she frowned and challenging erika with a look she said have the kindness to introduce me he cleared his throat and then sharp and hard as the blow of an axe the words fell from his lips my wife erika had recovered her self possession she had advanced sufficiently in knowledge of the word since beirut to know that no one not even fra lozenzi could expect her to be cordial she contented herself with acknowledging lozenzi's introduction by a slight inclination meanwhile the old countess appeared from the studio to see what was going on she took no pains to conceal her astonishment 
and when lozenski presented his wife her inclination was if possible colder and hotter than erica's had been and she scanned the stranger through her eyeglass lozenski's servant announced the gondola erica offered her hand to lozenski and had the courage to smile the old lady also held out her hand to him but did not smile her manner was very cool as she said thank you for all the kindness you have shown us i had hoped you would dine with us tonight but you will not wish this first day to leave to leave fra fan lozenski the gondola pushed off the water gurgled beneath the first stroke of the oar and the wood creaked slightly for an instant the artist stood upon his threshold looking after erica then he went into the house and the light green door which she knew so well closed behind him how did she feel she had no time to think of that all her strength was expended in concealing her agitation she arranged her dress and remarked that the water was unusually muddy in fact it had an opaque greenish hue the old countess did not notice it i never suspected that he was married she exclaimed he should have told us a man has no right to conceal such a fact and erica replied with an air of easy indifference that surprised even herself i suppose grandmother he did not imagine that the circumstance could possess the slightest interest for us end of chapter 22